what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is Wes. This here. is Bob Ford. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. And thanks to you for supporting the show. Today, we're going to talk about safe injection sites recently approved by the city of San Francisco. The San Francisco Health Commission voted unanimously to support the opening of safe injection sites, which will offer intravenous drug users a clean spot to inject drugs. We're going to get into this a little bit today. It's a hot topic. I've been seeing it come up on social media quite a bit. And I thought we need to have a conversation about this and hopefully spark some debate. Uh, here's some different opinions. Here's some different solutions. And I hope to accomplish that through this podcast and have it turn over into uh, social media platforms and whatever else we can uh, we can have conversation on any threads, um, comments on this uh, podcast, on the on the site, on YouTube. Uh, anywhere that you see it. Uh, before we get into that today, have you checked out the I Am Sober app? If not, go to that soberguide.com right now and you can download it there for free. You can get an overview of your sobriety milestones. You can see how much money you've saved. You can also get daily notifications to help keep you on track and headed in the right direction. You can get the app at the I Am Sober app.com website. You can get it at that soberguide.com. Uh, you can also find it in the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. Download the I Am Sober app today. It's legit and it's free. Also, do you need help? Does a family member need help? Do you know somebody? Do you love somebody? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's someone else that needs some help. Call Foundations Recovery Network's confidential and private line. You can do that at one 714 1318 if you just need some advice, you just need some answers to some questions that you might have, reach out to these guys. Foundations Recovery are great uh, people. They're a great team of professionals uh, that can help you or help somebody that you love. They have nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. Once again, that's one 714 1318 Reach out to Foundations Recovery Networks today if you need some help or if you have some questions or anything. If you just need some contact do that, please. You're not alone. All right. San Francisco safe injection sites expected to be first in nation open around July 1st. That is the headline title from the San Francisco Chronicle. And also some of the info that I pulled up on this is also cited from uh, KTVU, another local network out of the Bay Area here in Northern California. Um, now, I already read this, but I want to read it again. The San Francisco Health Commission voted unanimously to support the opening of safe injection sites, which will offer intravenous drug users a clean spot to inject drugs. So when I saw this, um, I didn't really know what to expect. It kind of blew me back a little bit. I had heard a little bit about this. I know that there are um, some other places in Europe and I think Australia where these types of sites exist. They've already been implemented. And according to their statistics, um, they have had some success with these sites. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to get into today. Uh, and, and I wanted to hear back from you guys 
um, on, on any social media threads, the YouTube thread, anywhere that we can start talking about this a little bit more on what this looks like. And here's some different opinions. Um, it's really the purpose of this show today. So, so we're really going to stay on, uh, on, on focus with this topic. Now I'm not an expert on this by any means. I'm pulling up um, things that, uh, you know, I have some opinion on it and some, some, uh, you know, some of my own thoughts on this, of course, but a lot of this is coming from uh, stuff cited that I kind of researched uh, in the last couple of days and um, and found, um, like the San Francisco Chronicle article, which I believe is where I first um, first saw this at. Um, so let's kind of let's kind of dive back in here first for someone out there listening um, who may not know what is a safe injection site. Okay, and this is according to the Drug Policy Alliance. A safe injection site is a supervised injection room and they're legally sanctioned facilities. Yeah, legally sanctioned facilities where people who use intravenous drugs can inject pre-obtained drugs under medical supervision. Supervised injection facilities are designed to reduce the health and societal problems associated with injection drug use. Other names for these facilities include safe injection sites, uh, supervised injection facilities, fix rooms, and medically supervised injection centers. So a little background on what that might be uh, more from the kind of professional corporate sounding um, drug policy alliance. It's really, it's a, I like the fix room right there. Um, I mean, that, that's, I think that describes it well. Uh, it might be a little, a little slangy. Hope nobody takes offense to that. It is. You're, you're, you're getting a fix. You're getting what you need. You're getting that medicine. However you want to uh, look at it. You're also getting high as fuck at the same time. So, however you choose to frame that up to make yourself or somebody else feel, um, you know, better about what it is. Um, I think you can name it a whole bunch of different things. And really, now that I'm kind of talking more about this, it's really irrelevant, isn't it? What it's named. Let's talk about what it is. Okay. Um, and before we do that, I want to throw out some st statistics here uh, just to uh, give us a kind of foundation set before we uh, move into it, more into it. Um, in 2016, over 64,000 people died in the U.S. from overdoses. Over 64,000. And I know uh, this number has like drastically increased if you go back to 2010. So in a in a, a six year to seven year period, obviously the new statistics haven't came out yet. So we're kind of going off this from 2016. But um, I mean, those numbers, I don't, I, I don't even know how much they increased. They increased a lot. I don't have those stats right in front of me, but uh, over 20,000 of those were from synthetic opioids like fentanyl. So another huge issue that has um, has really hit the country extremely hard. Uh, over fifteen thousand of those were from heroin. Uh, over ten thousand from cocaine. Seven thousand from meth. Three thousand from methadone. Um, we're not getting into the um, prescription uh, drugs today, too. I know that's a huge component of it. That's going to have to be something that we talk a little bit more out, more about on a separate episode, um, but. There are an estimated 22,000 IV drug users in San Francisco and 100 injected drug overdose debt overdose. Oh, dude, I can't even talk right now. 100 injected drug overdose deaths a year in the city, according to board supervisor London Breed. 
Now, San Francisco is on track to open its first two safe injection sites this July. And this, like I said before, just to be fair, I want to cite right here. This is coming from the Chronicle, this um, this particular um, next couple of paragraphs and info is um, San Francisco is on track to open its first two safe injection sites in July, a milestone that will likely make the city the first in the country to embrace the comfort, uh, controversial model of allowing drug users to shoot up under supervision. Other cities, including Seattle, Baltimore, and Philadelphia, are talking about opening their own safe injection facilities, but San Francisco could get there first. Facilities already exist in Canada, Australia, and Europe, which I mentioned. Um, and like, like I said, some of the statistics there uh, had uh, had shown a positive um accomplishment in that area and helping to get some of the uh, needles off the street, help uh, stop the spread of diseases, uh, things like that. Barbara Garcia, director of San Francisco's Department of Public Health, said Monday that she's tending to the details, including where the facilities will be located, which is a question for me. I want to I'm, I'm very curious to find out where uh, these things, um, these facilities will be placed at. She's working with six to eight nonprofits that already operate needle exchanges and offer other drug addiction services, and two of them will be selected to offer safe injection on site. After officials get a sense of how the first two are working, a third and a fourth could open, she says. So we're talking about expansion already, and we haven't really seen, um, you know, a fair rounded effect of what of what these um, injection sites are going to look like, how they're going to work, how they're going to operate, the pros and the cons of, of, um, of the sites. And, you know, we're kind of basing this off models that are off in, uh, in Europe and Australia. Um, but we don't really know yet how, how they're, how they're going to work here. Um, and, and, uh, I think that's part of the question here. Obviously every situation has two sides. You have pros and your, and cons, uh, and we're going to go over some pros and some cons in just a minute. We're, we're just about to finish the uh, the the uh, very end of this article. I just want to finish that up first. Um, but man, so many interesting and debatable uh, facts and opinions on this. And uh, I think that's why it's such an important topic. And really, at the end of the day, uh, the most important thing is, you know, what are we doing uh, to help people who are addicted? And what are we doing to help people who are struggling with mental illness? And, um, you know, apparently we're thinking outside of the box on this one. This is definitely uh, something that is not the norm, at least in uh, in our uh, in our country. We haven't seen it yet. And um, it's being proposed and actually was was recently passed. So we'll see come July um, if we start seeing these things pop up, which it sounds like we will. Um, let's finish up the article real quick. Um Here's some of the uh, supporting uh, supporting facts, I guess, to uh, to support these safe injection sites, according to um, Barbara Garcia, uh, the director of San Francisco's Department of Public Health. Uh, the safe injection sites could mean fewer dirty needles on the streets since they'd be collected inside. Public health officials believe that 85 percent of the city's intravenous drug users would use safe injection sites and that the city could save. 3.5 million a year in medical costs. And um, I want to just backtrack a little bit. I'm not sure that that was quoted directly now that I look at this by Barbara Garcia. Um, that it's still in the still in the article there. So just want to make sure I say that. Um, 
the safe injection sites will initially be privately funded. And this was one of the questions I had when I first read this too. They'll be privately funded, though Garcia wouldn't say where the money's coming from. I don't know, you know, about you listening right now, but I'm curious where that money is coming from and why. Why aren't we allowed to uh, to know where it's coming from? I mean, I think that, um, well, she goes on to say that it will help the city avoid liability. Okay, so that's that's the explanation on why it's going to help them the city avoid liability since intravenous drug use is against state and federal law open up the site doesn't require the approval of the board of supervisors or other city officials um so my thoughts on that is i just feel like if you're a citizen of um you know if you're a citizen of san francisco or really a citizen of the state of California, I feel like something as big as this should require full transparency, full transparency on, on where, you know, where those funds are coming from, just because it's, it's such a, um, you know, it's, it's such a risk. I feel like in a sense, in especially not knowing what the overall outcome is going to be because you can sit and, and quote statistics from uh you know a uh, uh, Europe or or whatever um you know Australia wherever they've implemented this already but that's not it's not this it's you can't you can't really quote that until or I mean you can't really depend on that until you actually see firsthand uh you know it's it's different out here it's a different culture um and I just feel like full transparency on something like that is is super important from funding all the way to what other resources are going to be um, in, involved in this type of, um, you know, in, in the safe injection site. What what other things are we doing to offer resources to these people coming in that uh, that want help? I mean, that's the important thing, too. You got to want help. You know, if. if those out there listening who have tried to help somebody, whether it's yourself or somebody else who doesn't want the help, you know, it's an impossible battle. Um, and, and so for something like this, I feel like you're, you're, you're kind of opening a door up for those who don't want help just to come shoot dope all day and, you know, do it in a safe place. It's legal now. So cool. I mean, it's kind of like a bar, right? I mean, you go to a bar to get drunk in a safe place. So, there's a point right there. Um, obviously, heroin, alcohol, two completely different types of drugs, but both drugs and both equally dangerous uh, in their own respect. Um, you know, and and like I said, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not trying to uh, make anyone, um, you know, think a certain way. I don't know myself. I'm I'm really trying to weigh out pros and cons here, and so. I think that's the most important thing to do on this is keep an open mind. And and really, like I mentioned before, at the end of the day, the most important thing is really finding solutions to the the, the huge problem of overdose um, overdoses, deaths and overdoses, um, rampant drug use, and uh, and and unfortunately, families being destroyed by um, you know something that that can be prevented, can be um, stopped if we start to talk about it more, destigmatize it and, and educate ourselves and those around us a little bit more about it. So I'm getting off track here a little bit. Let me jump into 
um, or at least off track of, of my little outline that I put together here. Uh, I also want to note, note too, that for those of you who haven't been out to San Francisco, let me give you a little firsthand um, a take on, on what San Francisco is like. Number one, it's a gorgeous city from a certain perspective. And it, it once was, um, it, I mean, not once was, it is. It's, it's a beautiful city, multicultural, all kinds of different people and different things, um, tons of stuff to do. You have um, the beauty of the Golden Gate Bridge. You you have um, the Bay Bridge on, on one side, Golden Gate Bridge on the other side. Um, just some of the architecture, some of the uh, different events out there, some of the different uh, places to go to see are just absolutely amazing. On the other hand, in that, in that um, the last few times I've been out there, I walk around San Francisco and it smells like pot and piss. And I'm not even... I'm not even exaggerating. And there is a massive homeless problem. Um, there's a massive drug use problem. Obviously, that's why we're talking about this today. There's a massive crime problem. Um, housing availability is a problem. The cost of living is a problem. There is massive traffic congestion. Um, parking is a bitch. Like you don't ever want to go out and uh, like have fun trying to park in San Francisco especially if you drive a big, uh, big car, uh, good luck with that. Um, and all of this has seemed to have gotten worse over the past, you know, few years, especially, but I think over a period of time, um, it's continued to, um, you know, to have more issues. And that leads me to the next point is when I hear stuff like that, and I'm going to give you some stats here real quick on, on, um, on some of the uh, crime statistics in San Francisco, because I think it's important to kind of to to match that up with um, with, with some of the uh, drug use statistics. What's going on with the leadership in in um, in San Francisco and in, in really in across the state of California? Um, I think that's one important thing that we got to take a look at too. Um, you know who who are your leaders in your local community? What are they doing to better um, your community? What are they trying to do to better? your community. And, um, you know, it's important for us to start getting involved in that no matter what side you take. I'm not advocating for any specific side. I'm just saying, how are you yourself getting involved and what are you doing uh, to be a voice to be, to bring, um, awareness to, to your cause. So I would encourage you to do that no matter what topic it is, whether it's drugs, whether it's a uh, crime, whether it's, um, finding your, you know, lost dog, whatever the, whatever the heck it is. I know that's kind of a dumb example right there, but, um, point being speak up, speak out, get involved. And, um, you know, the, we are the people and, and we, uh, collectively have a voice and have a say in, in, in what goes on in our communities and in our counties and in our state. Um, so let me, let me jump to, uh, to some of these statistics here. One of the so I'm going to give you a list of pros here, and some of this uh, is is my own opinion and um, own thoughts that I've had as as kind of I've I've been thinking about this topic more, and uh, some of this is kind of mixed in with also, and I put the link in the show notes to all of these articles. This also came from um, I think it's pronounced Amethyst Recovery Center, Amethyst Recovery Center. Some of these um, uh, points came from. Um, uh, a article that they wrote pros and cons of, uh, safe injection sites. 
So safe injection sites lead to crime reduction in the community. Okay, so if, if this is the case, if this is true, if these really do lead to crime reduction in the community, and I am so curious and I cannot wait to see a year or two down the road and match up some of these statistics, because if it, if it does, I'd be phenomenal. Because let me give you some of the crime statistics in San Francisco. San Francisco crime rate is 105% higher than the California average. It's 117% higher than the national average. Looking at violent crime specifically, San Francisco has a violent crime rate that is 60% higher than the California average and 84% higher than the national average. That is it's kind of scary. Those are, it's not good. Uh, for property crime, and this is the big one, I think, because I think a lot of property crime, I think it's safe to say that it is related a lot to drug use because people don't have a way um, to purchase their, um, you know, their, their need for drugs. So how do they do it? They steal. Um, it's a very common thing. I've, my, I've talked to my aunt about it before. Who's been on the show way early on. Who's an ex heroin addict. She was, uh, she was a junkie straight up. She, she said it on the show. And one of the things that she did, um, like many other out there, doesn't mean they're bad people, not saying that at all. Just saying that one of the ways to, uh, feed that addiction is to steal. Now the property crime in San Francisco um, the rate is 113% higher than the California average, and it's 122% higher than the national average. So just some statistics there on what is going on in the um, once beautiful and still beautiful to some aspects in San Francisco, but a lot of issues going on there. And if uh, safe injection sites lead to crime reduction in the community, um, I think that would be a huge step forward. And obviously we're not going to see um, you know, any results in that until, uh, you know, some time goes by and, and later on down the road. But, um, if that's the case, that'd be great. Um, some other pros here, lowering rate of sharing needles, which leads to less HIV infections. So you have people coming in, they're sharing needles, they're, um, you know, they're, they're picking up, um, uh, HIV, uh, hepatitis, um, different types of infections, which lead to medical costs and all kinds. I mean, the the, the domino effect from that alone, uh, from a health perspective, and then you start getting into healthcare and insurance and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's an it's a massive web of um, of shit, really, and it's uh, it, it's tough to kind of go down all of the side effects just from that alone. So. Um, you walk down the street in San Francisco, anywhere, I, I mean, anywhere you're at, especially, you know, some of the other um, spots like the Tenderloin, you're going to see needles, you know, wherever you go, pretty much. They're everywhere. They could be, they're not wherever you go, but they could be potentially wherever. And, and, um, and, and that's a big issue. Um, so that leads us into less people using drugs on the street. So Basically, the thought behind this would be safe injection sites. Hey, I have a safe place to go um, to go use and um, I can do it there in a safe environment versus doing it um, where there's kids walking by or where there is open, um, you know, just an open place in the public. Not a very good spot to, uh, um, you know, to do that. But when you're in that environment, when you're in that predicament where there's nothing more important in, and I'm not even talking about just, Oh my God, I got to get high. Like 
You know, many of us know who struggle with addiction that it's way beyond that once it gets to a point. It's not about getting high. It's about getting well. It's about staying well because um, your body is so physically addicted to that uh, substance. If you don't have it, uh, you feel like you're going to die or maybe you could die depending on your, your mental state, your physical health state, all of that. So point being, you don't really care where you're at. When, you know, when, when you're going to shoot up or, or when you're going to, um, you know, medicate. So another, another, uh, pro to that less people dying in the street, less people dying in the street, how many overdose deaths, um, were there again? Let me jump back. I think it was 64,000 in, um, 2016. Yes. Yeah, 64,000. 64,000 people. Now, obviously, they're not all dying in the street, but I'm pretty pretty sure a good percentage of those 64,000 probably died in the street. You know, does it really matter where they died? Not really. Um, it's it's sad and it it's, um, you know, it's not a good thing either way. But another pro, according to the Safe Injection Site Advocate, would be that people... Uh, can get off of the street. And I can't remember which one it was now, if it was Australia or if it was Europe. And there was another place too, and I can't remember where it was, but one of the places had, uh, one of the stats that they were very proud of was that nobody had ever um, overdosed in any of these facilities over the years that they've had them. So that's something to think about in this uh, in this type of environment is it's a controlled environment. You have uh, professionals there who are helping, you know, helping people um, uh, use. And if it's, it's funny, like when that keeps coming up, I don't know what to call it. Do, are you shooting dope? Are you, you know, are you, because there's, I feel like all these terms are getting uh, thrown around these days because we don't want to offend anybody. And that kind of offends me because let's just call it what it is. You're shooting dope. Um, you know, you're getting high, you're getting well, you are addicted, you know, and I know a lot of, a lot of, um, there's been a lot going around about trying to, uh, lessen the stigma by taking away some of the words. And I get that I do. Um, and so I think with that said, um, you know, that's going to take some training on, on all of our parts. And it's also going to take, um, some common sense in calling it what it is. Because I'm not one to dance around words because I don't want to offend anybody. Although sometimes I feel like I have to do that and I don't like that. Okay. It's not my job to offend anybody, but it is my job to tell the truth and to say, you know, if it's a duck, it's a duck. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like you can answer me back. I know you can't at least on this, but some of you may uh, on, uh, on, on some of the threads or the comments and feel free to do so. Like I said, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just like you. I'm just trying to start conversation about this. It's such an important topic, guys, like it really is. And um, it's something that is only going to progress and it's going to become uh, more of an issue uh, the, the, the deeper that, um, that we get. And especially once we start seeing some, some of the results from, um, from this idea, if, if in, in fact it gets uh, implemented and goes up. A um, couple more pros and then we're going to get to some of the cons here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, step forward toward detox and recovery. Okay. It's a step forward toward detox and recovery. Um, and I think that could very well be the case, but the person has to want the help. You got to want the help. 
Um, if you don't want the help, what is it good for? It's just good for a person to go there and get high. That's obviously not what we want in something like that. Um, but if you have surrounding factors there and surrounding resources in addition to a safe place, you know, that's one of the questions that I had thought is what are what are some of the additional resources being provided in addition to this safe space? And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit in, in after, uh, after we go through some of these cons. Um, another one I noted down, coming out of the shadows and destigmatizing uh, drug use. I think that's a huge one. You know, you have people that are hiding out because they're, you know, they're ashamed and they're depressed and they feel lost. They feel alone. Um, have, have anyone out there, have you ever felt alone? My guess is some of you have, I know I have, and it's one of the worst feelings that isolation, um, that I'm not good enough. The enemy can get in and destroy you from the inside out. And so that is one of the pros that I do see in this is that it will allow folks who are looking for help to come out of the shadows and, um, and offer them a safe place to, maybe put their head up a little bit and maybe say, Hey, I'm not the only one. I'm not alone in this. Uh, there are people out there that care. And, and in, in, um, you know, in fact, that can help destigmatize it to a point where, you know, hopefully it starts to spread and people start to understand that they're not alone. Um, another one, there's two more here, overall safety for the user. I know there was a couple of things that I, that I had bred and found that, um, you know, especially for female users, they felt that it was a lot safer for them. There was um, less chance of being assaulted, uh, less chance of being hurt, less chance of being forced to do something that they don't want to do, uh, or use something that they don't want to use, whether it be a dirty needle or a, um, you know, some, uh, um, uh, some specific drug that could be tampered with too. So one of the questions I didn't come up with or find speaking of that, and maybe if anyone out there listening has an answer to this is where do the, where do the drugs come from and how are they tested when they come in? So when you get, when you get, when, when somebody comes in to one of these safe, um, injection sites and they have a pocket, um, or, or some dope in their pocket and that's what they're going to use. Is it tested? Is it supplied there? Do you, I mean, I, that's one of the things I haven't been able to find. So if you, if you know any info on that, please feel free to share, uh, leave a comment below in, uh, in the comment section on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. Um, last on the pros list, fewer users will be shooting up out in the open. And I think we talked about this a little bit, uh, which is a, a very common occurrence in San Francisco. No matter where you go, you're potentially going to see somebody using drugs, uh, whether it be, even if it's just weed, like I said, it smells like weed and piss in many spots. There's don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm trying to be fair here. There's some beautiful places. There's some beautiful smells in San Francisco too, uh, like clam chowder. <laughs> you got the smell of the ocean, the bay. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful place in some spots, but man, some of the some of the smells out there is not a good thing either. And um, you know, it, it's very common to see um, open drug use in the city. It is what it is, right? Let's jump into some of the cons here. I'm going to take a quick drink here. Some of the cons may encourage drug use. 
it may encourage drug use. So I kind of thought about this a little bit. And if I'm if I'm in a current state of addiction, I'm just kind of trying to walk in, in somebody's shoes out there. Does it encourage my usage to know that there's a safe place to go do it? And I was trying to go back to, um, you know, when I was using, if I would have, if I would have known that there was, let's say, um, a safe place to go do Coke at, if there was a Coke room, a safe Coke room, would I have went there to do Coke because I felt safe? And for me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have went there because when I do drugs, I want to isolate. I don't want to be around anybody when I'm doing drugs. I want all of them to myself, number one, or maybe if there's someone I'm, I'm hanging with, you know, um, but for the most part, I don't want to go be around people. I want to go to a place where I um, can can kind of be by myself on my own in my own little bubble. So I don't know, you know, that that a, uh, a safe injection site is going to encourage people to use drugs. I think if you're using those you're using drugs and you're in that state, I think you're already there. That's just my opinion, um, you know, and, and I think that that's a very debatable question right there. I think you can, I think you can point out different, different points on that. And, but from my opinion, um, I don't think it would encourage me to go, um, you know, to go use more drugs. Um, then the next one, spend money elsewhere, like on rehabilitation and recovery centers. So that's, I think that's a good point. You're going to put money into safe, um, you know, safe injection sites. What, what about money? Is, is there money also being put into, to rehab centers that are, you know, maybe you have a safe injection site and then right next door you have a rehab center where, uh, people who are coming in, if they need help, are they, able to go right next door to a rehab center and start the process of detox and start the process of trying to get some, some uh, therapy and trying to start seeing a doctor and really uh, communicate the issues that are going on. So, you know, if, if we're spending this money, which like I mentioned earlier, we don't know where the money's coming from, which I don't agree with. Um, you know, and, and please, if you have a point to convince me better, please let it be known. I want to hear it, you know, uh, but I think that, um, you know, there, there is an argument for that where you, I mean, take taxpayer money and spend it on rehabilitation centers and recovery programs and, and things that are, that, that can work, you know, um, I think that's a good point. I really do. Um, the next one, invest in more or better public 12-step programs with a wider scope of treatment options. So basically, instead of taking um, injection sites, how about we invest in more uh, or better public 12-step programs with a wider scope of treatment options? Um, you know, I I don't know what that one because I think it's a choice right there if you want help or not. You need to choose that you know, you need to make that decision for yourself. Somebody out there who's struggling, do I want the help? Um, you know, am I willing to accept the help? So you can sit and you could put in um, 12 step programs, wider treatment options all day is, um, you know, is it really going to increase the amount of people coming into those? It's a good question. Um, you can invest in 
uh, safe spaces to, to shoot dope in. Is that really going to help people, um, you know, get well, get better? Maybe it's a short term. Is it, you know, a short term thing? Yeah, it's going to help them short term. It's going to get some needles off the street. It's going to, it's going to help, um, you know, it's going to help give them a safe environment to do that in. But on the overall, that's a short term solution. It feels like if, if we're not investing in other programs, sister programs, you know, um, to, to help couple the injection sites, if that makes sense. I kind of feel like I was a little, a little all over the place. And man, this is a topic that it's, I, I know I keep saying it, but I mean, there's, there's so many, I feel like there's so many elements to this and it's, um, it's kind of crazy and kind of interesting to talk about at the same time. Um, it's even a little intimidating to talk about, I gotta say, because I don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't know, you know, yeah, I don't know enough about it yet. And I don't think, I don't think it's fair to really, um, speculate yes or no on something like this yet either because we haven't seen you know firsthand uh all the statistics are are speculatory at this point to my knowledge unless you base them like i said on the on the stats from from europe um but i i I really feel like that's hard to do um the other the other con i had down here was federal regulations so what about the fed you know obviously we're a country with laws. We have a constitution that we should be following. Um, we have state laws. We have state uh, regulations. We have federal laws. We have federal regulations. So where do you draw the line in between, um, you know, thinking outside of the box and trying to get some people help and trying to try and because obviously whatever's being done right now isn't really working <laughs> or you know, and I'm not talking about from a political perspective. I'm just saying from a general perspective, the things that we're doing in the country right now aren't really working. And I have some questions at the end of this, you know, that we're almost going to get to here in a minute that I think can kind of tie into this part. So I'm, I'm going to kind of leave it at that for now. But as far as the federal regulations go, where do you draw the line in that in, um, in doing what's best for certain communities, whether it be a safe injection site or no safe injection site. Um, how do you stay in tune and, um, and, and, and keep it by following the law? Know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking this as I'm, as I'm talking this out and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't even want to go there right now. So I'm just going to skip over that one. And so hopefully you guys can, can create some, uh, some, some, uh, some convo on that one. I think that's a good one right there too. Um, so I wanted to kind of jump, uh, and th- that's kind of some pros and some cons. I'm sure there's more, uh, to both of those, but I wanted to kind of, you know, give both sides of it and, and, uh, try to try to see a couple different points there. Um, I asked a friend of mine B for some of his thoughts and, uh, here's what he said. And I thought this was very interesting. So, uh, so thanks to him for uh, for for kind of reaching out and, and giving us a couple things to to chew on here. He said, "What about the people who are on the brink of recovery, or thinking about recovery, or just got into recovery? This could very well this could very well be the tipping point for them to say, damn, I can shoot up in a safe place now, see a rehab, I'm out of here.' 
Um, and I think when you're in that fragile state of mind, he says, it's so easy for the dumbest thing to pop up that you'll use in it as an excuse to tell yourself it's okay to use again. The vicious cycle continues. And I think that's a good point. Somebody who is very vulnerable in their first you know, week or two weeks or even 30 days, even six months, you know, maybe things are going on, you know, especially if you're an addict out there listening or you've struggled with addiction or alcoholism or whatever it is, you know that you can be good. And all of a sudden that little, that little voice can pop in there and just fuck your shit up real quick and get in there and start making it go and making it turn. And so I think that's a really good point to somebody who is, um, you know, maybe they're fresh off the street and they're, they really do want to get the help. But man, that urge comes on and that voice starts creeping in there and goes, man, you got a safe place to go do it. Fuck it. Like, go get after it, you know, and, and then it's like a free pass. Um, and, and he's right in that you'll use an excuse, the dumbest thing, you know, to, to tell yourself that it's OK to use again. So I thought that was a, a really good point. And then he also said, too, and I thought this was interesting and I agree or disagree on it, but I think it is um, something to think about. If robbery became rampant in our community, do we say fuck it? Everybody's robbing people, so let's just make it legal. Um, obviously, I know it's a little different than, uh, you know, than, than drug use, but the concept is the same. If we take something and it starts to become a really big issue, do we just give in and make it legal, whether it's robbery or whether it's drug use or whether it is, and, and, or you know, do, we, um, do we take a different route and try to combat it? And you know, I guess I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer to that. I think it's something to think about. But, um, well, I'm going to leave that one at that too because I, I like that. Uh, I, I personally like the analogy there. Um, it, it made me think a little bit and, um, thanks to B again too, for, uh, for, for the feedback on there. I appreciate that, man. Um, so we got a couple more minutes here and we're going to wrap this thing up. I hope this has been uh, something to get your brain going and something to think about. This is not just in uh, my neck of the woods in Northern California. Like I said, they're talking about this in Philadelphia, in Baltimore, uh, in Seattle. And I think it's something that will be more talked about as time, uh, time continues to go on and trying to think of different ways to combat uh, addiction in America. Here's some of the questions I have. Excuse me, I just burped, and thankfully I didn't do it into the microphone. I wasn't a total uh, loser there. I, I turned away a little bit, but um, here's some of the questions I have, and we'll go through these real quick, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I've already mentioned this, but where's the money coming from, and why won't they tell us where it's coming from? I think full transparency in something like this is so important to the people of San Francisco and the people of California and the people who are seeking or actively using the safe site. I really do. It's it's a it's a it's an important piece of the puzzle here in putting all this together. So that's that's something I would like to have more information on, and I'll continue to look for that. Uh, and please, if you have any on it, uh, reach out. Um, are there other resources, and if so, what kind? of resources are working together with these proposed sites to help people stop using and get their life back. So kind of mentioned it already. You have a safe site. Do you have some sort of treatment center right next door to it? Do you have a sister um, center where people who are, are using um, also have somewhere to go, you know, um, and, and, you know, after, after they're done. And that's another good question. I don't know if I put this on here or not, but what happens when you're done at this site? 
where do you go once you have, um, you know, once you have, have used, what do you do after that? Do you, is there a place where you go hang out and, and, uh, and, and can, can sit down and, and, um, I don't know. I don't know what you do, whatever the fuck you do, but where do you go? Or do you go right back out on the street? You know, are you out of here? Is it a quick thing? And I'm, and I'm sure there's some info on this and, um, it'll be interesting to, uh, to hear what that is, but, uh, something else that, that just kind of popped up that, uh, I think is a good, a good question. Um, I already addressed this. Where do they get the drugs at? Uh, so is that, does the, does the user bring that in with them? Um, or is, is that something that's supplied there? Is it checked? Um, you know, you don't, if you're proposing that this is going to help get dangerous drugs that are, that are laced with things like fentanyl that are causing a lot of the, uh, overdoses because people, um, you know, get an, they get the drug and they don't realize the actual potency of it or the, um, the, the levels of potency of it. And then they take it and then they die. Um, you know, how, how is that monitored and is it monitored inside of, um, of the, uh, of the safe site? What percentage of users actually use the site? Another interesting question. So let's say you have a hundred users. How many of those actually come in off of the street and use those? Is it 20? Is it 10? Is it 50? Um, how do you gauge that? And over a period of time, you know, cause I think that's a really important aspect of seeing if this would really work or not. And, and it sounds to me like this is going to be something that is, you know, we're kind of gonna have to be patient on and, and get statistics back over the course of a year or two. Uh, but definitely an interesting question. Um, I already mentioned that where, I guess I did put it down here. Where does, where does somebody go after they're done? Um, you know, are they, do they have a certain time allotted where they can hang out and, you know, communicate with people if they need to, or get help if they need to. Um, now I've already mentioned this too. You, you have to want to get help and many do, but what about the person or the people who don't want the help? They just want a, a spot to get high. Um, you know, I don't know. Is that, is that one of those things where you need to be patient and just sit there and hope that one day they're going to turn their life around and ask for help? I mean, yeah, to an extent, of course we, we all know, you know, probably I know I do. I know people. Um, and I'm sure people out there listening, know people who know somebody else or love somebody else or care about somebody else who just doesn't want the help. And it's super frustrating, but at the same time, you don't give up on them. You still have a little bit of hope. I got a tiny, 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 tiny bit of hope in my back pocket that somebody I love, you know, may one day get the help that they need, you know? So how do you kind of gauge that? It's a good question. That's why we're having this little infer information here, or I almost call it a discussion, but it's not much of a discussion at this point as I'm recording this because I'm not discussing it with anybody but myself and a computer screen, which is kind of boring. So Maybe as this moves forward too, we will get a guest on the show where we can talk about this a little bit more, maybe answer some of these questions that, uh, that we're proposing here, but a couple more, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, where are they going to be located? Big question. Where are they going to be located throughout the city? Now, here's the thought I had on this. I think they should put them right next door to all the politicians who claim to care about the drug epidemic, but don't really do much to help combat it. That way they can see firsthand what it's really like. And I don't want to knock the, the, uh, the, the, the folks out there, the leaders out there who actually do care. Cause I know there is some of them out there indefinitely. 
and um, much respect to you. There's also some real shitbags out there who really only care about votes and about power. And that's really all it is to them. It's, it's about numbers. And um, I say, put them right next door to those people. Let them see what it's like firsthand. And the last question that I want to propose today, where are all the drugs coming from in the first place? I think this is something that we are not talking about enough. We can sit and talk about safe sites and if somebody wants help and if they don't want help and what do we do about the crime and um, people shooting up on the streets and it's smelling like weed and piss and all types of different things. We can sit and talk about them all. They're all kind of related in some aspect to, to back to the drugs, but where are all the drugs coming from? Why are they flooding in to our country? Why have they been flooding in over the last eight, nine, 10 years? And before that too, of course, but it's really in, in the last five or six years just increased um, you know, roughly around 2010 tenfold. It's been crazy. So let me give you a couple stats here for this. 94% of the heroin entering America comes from Mexico. This is estimated by William R. Brownfield, Assistant Secretary of the Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs. Also, according to the DEA, nearly all of the fentanyl in America is from Mexico. So I already kind of had a, um, some knowledge to this. Uh, you know, you hear you hear quite a bit, too, that uh, some of the opiate or opium comes from Afghanistan. It used to. There's a small percentage of it that still comes over here, uh, but it's mainly coming up, according to the DEA, according to um, uh, very reputable sources. Most of it is coming up from Mexico. So this does make me wonder. And I'm going to end with this. With all of the recent corruption that's been exposed lately. With the history of operations like the Contra scandal in the 1980s, which was responsible for America's crack epidemic. If you haven't heard about that, go look it up. Google uh, Iran Contra scandal or America's crack epidemic, and uh, you'll get a ton of info on it. It's super interesting. But it helped me uh, to kind of ask this question Is it possible that criminal elements? inside of our own country are operating to keep drugs on the street and to keep our people in a death grip of addiction. After all, drugs are big business. Just ask Big Pharma. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Please leave a comment on this thread, whatever it is you're listening to. Start your own thread. Um, start talking about this. Let's, uh, let's get the debate going. Let's get the conversation out there. I know there is conversations out there. I'm just trying to add to it. Um, I hope everybody uh, stay sober, stay clean, support your, uh, your family, your friends, be there. There's hope. You're never alone. All those good, positive things. God loves you. And uh, man, let's, let's, make it, uh, let's make it a phenomenal day today because life is a gift. I know that's not a cliche, but man, it's, there's nothing better than starting a day. Peace, love, respect, keep it good.